Hey everybody, we're here with episode 42 of What a Beautiful Podcast, the best podcast. Not even the best JoJo podcast, it's just the best podcast. How are you doing, Andrew? You know, I'm doing okay, and I'm really glad that I'm somehow a part of the best podcasts on the internet. Yeah, weird how that works. Yeah, I, you know, me just some schlub in his room, just, just talking into his microphone, is now a celebrity. Yeah, the best podcast on earth. I'm waiting for Entertainment Weekly to just knock down my doors, just interview me about being the best podcast. <laughs> like, it's a struggle I deal with every day. So, Jack, how do you motivate yourself to get to your computer every Monday night? <laughs> well, I roll out of bed. I didn't think about, like, oh, I want to talk about some comics. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... As Jack said, this is one of beautiful podcasts, and today is a kind of a turning point uh, for the manga that we're covering and our show as we jump around to something new and mm-hmm. something fresh. And first off, the first fresh, fresh new, fresh prince thing is we're on now on the second half of Stardust Crusaders, which is really exciting. The and back it's, half. It's the all uphill stretch. from here. It's all. It's pretty much all good from here on out. Some of the best, most memorable parts of Stardust Crusaders happen in the Egypt arc, so it's really yeah. exciting. There's not a whole lot of chapters left. Like, there's more. There's less ahead of us than there is behind us. That's yep, weird. The pacing ramps up. The stand fights get more creative. The characters become more memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get introduced to a new furry friend who we all love, and. Mm-hmm. It's all just good stuff overall. And we're also, uh, for the second half of our show, uh, we're going to be covering some new, like, Iraqi stuff. And we're going to go back before JoJo to get some some of that early, early stuff, you know? Some of that crunchy Iraqi good. So we're going to see the evolution of our our best friend and known associate of the show here, Huka Iraqi, (laughs) as he learns to do the manga. As, as we fought, it's a learning experience for us, for the listener. Um, we're going to learn some magic tricks. That's um, There's some magic tutorials in there. The, Andrew's never read Magic Boy BT, and so he's in for a, a, bit, of a bit of a surprise. Oh, yeah. No, this, is, is. Uh, this is cool, because, Jack, you have read it, right? Yes, it's okay. So weird. Jack's gonna lead us along this adventure, and I'll I'll be the mouthpiece for the audience on this one because <laughs> I have not read it, and I'm very interested. And it's also known apparently as Cool Shock BT, Cool Shock, which is a great and bad name all at the same time. And Sounds I like a that. Capri Sun flavor. <laughs> it's like, hey mom, throw me one of those Cool Shocks. I'd love, I love that so much. That's so very '90s of you, Jack. Capri Sun reference. <laughs> but anyway, so it's some exciting times in the show, and we got to sell a lot of stuff to look at. So let's just yeah. jump right out off the bat with the first uh, arc of the Egypt section of Stardust Crusaders. It's called "quote unquote" the, the Fool Iggy and "quote unquote" Geb Nadul. And this title is kind of weird. Because <laughs> it doesn't really flow so great. The anime, no. the anime titled the episodes uh, "Iggy the Fool" and "Geb's Nadul," which is a far better title, if you ask me. Yeah, this was just like, oh, uh, who's in this one? Uh, Iggy and Geb, and ah, uh, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, I'm tired. So it's just like, in case he doesn't realize, we're gonna meet two stand users in this 
section. Mm-hmm. And one is The Fool, held by Iggy, and one is Geb, held by the Duel. And Geb is the first sand we're going to meet because Iraqi, I, which I'm still convinced, I could be wrong, call me out if I'm wrong, but I'm convinced no. Iraqi didn't really think through the tarot card stuff too well and realized that he was going to run out real fast. So... I mean, now- maybe, but at the same time, like, he always planned for it to end in Egypt, so maybe he just had, like, these nine Egyptian god cards just lined up ready. I mean, That's definitely plausible. There's I, definitely I, I, more Egyptian gods, right? There's gotta be. But he just picked nine. It's like, ah, yeah. these are the best ones. Yeah, I mean, I, that's definitely plausible. And it's never really sure what's going on in the man's head, so. No. But everybody can have their own theories. But point being is that this is the first thing we're going to meet who's based named after an Egyptian god. And his name is mm-hmm. Geb. His name's and Geb. that's cool. Jerry so, Geb. Je- Jerry. Jerry Geb? Jerry. That's his name. <laughs> so um, on our first page here, we get a, we get a profile page for, for our friend Abdul, which yeah, is cool. some good stuff on here. But oh, yeah, dude. I like that his favorite movie is Midnight Run. <laughs> his hobby is collecting old books. And the biggest lie on here, um, he can be stubborn and impulsive. He has great thinking skills, has a good partnership with Joseph, who has great judgment. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> like, Who the fuck is this page kidding? Oh, uh, Joseph is, like, the worst at judging things. <laughs> I do like that the paragraph for his personality describes it as, Just like his thick eyebrows and his wide chin, he is full of confidence. I mean, thick eyebrows, wide chin, like that's a it's a pretty it's a pretty confident look, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But right. his profession is a fortune teller. I would really love to know what, what fortunes what, he what told? kind of fortunes he was telling, you know? We see that one bit of him when he meets Dio in uh Egypt, but that was like it when he was uh as a fortune teller. But yeah. It's good enough. So on the cover page, we get this like nice little map of uh, the the portion of Egypt uh, zoomed in on the Nile. So we get mm-hmm. to see where Cairo is, and we see the fertile land watered by the Nile. Mm-hmm. And then we get some drawings of what I guess uh, Iraqi felt uh, show off Egypt the best. So we get a statue of what I guess is supposed to be Anubis. He's kind of fat, but I think that no, that's um, it's the hippo one. Fuck. Oh. Net, Tet, one, uh, right, 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 yeah, yeah, one yeah, of, the, one of those. Um, and we get a, we get a sarcophagus, and we get a camel, camel, and we get this weird, uh, like almost like poorly photoshopped amalgamation of a, of a of stone tablet, Egypt? two oh, pyramids, I, and the head of the Egypt. Sphinx. <laughs> it's just like, what can I put in here that will make people think of Egypt? Ah, yes, this weird <laughs> tablet, a couple pyramids, and just the Sphinx head. That's all I need. But, I mean, it gets the point across. Yeah, so we see that Team Joge has climbed out of the Red Sea after their failed submarine trip and now have to fo- follow the Nile to get to Cairo, which is their final destination. And on the following page, we get a super strong uh, team look. Like, Love God. it. Extremely cool. This is way better than Let's Go ever was. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't know why. Like, I I know why this isn't as iconic as Let's Go, but I wish it was because it's extremely good. Yeah. In a land with over 5,000 years of history, what adventures and misfortunes will Joseph, Jorts, Polnareff, Kakyoin, and Avdol encounter? A lot. 
I really like the way this starts because it really does give off the feeling that this is a new beginning for Stardust Crusaders. Like mm -hmm. everything else, everything that happened before this was just the prologue, you know? Yeah, and the art has definitely taken a bump. Like mm -hmm. it's it's just more composed. Um, so Team Joe is here, and suddenly there's a helicopter, and Joseph has called these hel this, the helicopter people here to bring help because. This uh, this is the Speedwagon Foundation. The yeah, ghost of our friend Speedweed continues to live on. Lives on. Man, why couldn't he live as long as Joseph? Oh. <laughs> Too bad he was already he was already like middle-aged like when Joseph was born. Yeah. He was like 28 <laughs> or something and he was in the 1800 Wow, he was old. 28 in the 1800s is middle-aged. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, um so the Speedwagon Foundation is bringing them a new stand user, uh, the holder of the Fool Tarot. This drawing of the Fool Tarot is hysterical. Oh my god. The <laughs> the Klasky Cuspo art that Araki does for the tarot cards are my favorite thing. They yeah. always have Lucky Land on them somewhere. It's amazing. This one's on the bottom of his shirt. Yeah. Lucky Land, for the people that, uh, for the listeners that don't know, is Araki's uh, LLC that's the company that like he set up to approve all like jojo merchandise that's the company that he works works through to like get all his stuff done so that's like, why you see that name on everything yeah. rocky kind of made it his personal brand to work that logo into like all kinds of weird stuff oh yeah and Polnareff is acting again like Polnareff is like, heh heh, the fool? Sounds like an idiotic stand. Just be glad he's not our enemy. You can't beat him. Mm. What'd you say, asshole? <laughs> Literally, truth. Avdol has been not dead for like maybe a few days and Polnareff's maybe. already back to being a dick to him. Yeah, I really like the beat panel in the middle. It's just Polnareff's like, oh my god, this fucking guy. I thought he was dead. Um, so helicopter opens. We see a couple of these, uh, nice boy speed wagon people. Uh, a couple of big chins is what we got here. <laughs> Mr. Big Chin. Um, I, I honestly, I can't remember if we pointed out when we first started covering Stardust Crusaders, like explaining what the Speedwagon Foundation is. I think so. It basically, Speedwagon got a lot of money when he, um, discovered oil in America so he used that to set up a foundation to advance like science and technology and it always helps out the Joestar clan in whatever misadventures they're doing. Uh, we yeah, see... it's basically the JoJo Universe's version of Unit if you want a really spicy Doctor Who reference. Oh, God. oh man, <laughs> just drop Unit right in there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Torchwood or something. No, know. no. Um... But yeah, uh, I think there we see the Speedwagon Foundation in every part besides five in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I guess they well, don't really one show up. Well, I guess Polnareff but... is technically working for Speedwagon Foundation Part Five. Spoiler alert! Oh yeah, that's that's true. That's true. yeah, so close enough. But anyway, so Jotaro sees these boys coming out of the uh, coming out of the helicopter and says, "Which one to use the stand user?" Because I guess it would be reasonable. To expect that the humans coming out are the stand user. But, but it's not. Yeah, so the helicopter guy points to the seat and says, No, it's neither of us. He's in the back seat. And Judge Hero is like, What the fuck? It's just a coat. There's no <laughs> one here. And uh, Joey's freaking out. It's like, 
Don't get close to him. I told you that he has some personality issues. Bonerf, you can't win this. It's just adult. <laughs> and, and then we get the first panel we ever uh, see of our new friend Iggy. And, like, what an introduction. Oh, the, I, t- I had so many good screen caps from this uh, this arc. The, a lot of them are just Iggy. And he just full force bounds into Polnareff's head and just, like, sh- sh- just gets on him. <laughs> It's really good. Iggy is a very ugly looking dog at first. He's so God. He does so not look ugly. Good. But like no we're gonna we're gonna notice that he starts out looking like, like a shitty ugly dog and then eventually turns he he gains more human features as he time goes on. He just has a on. human face at some point. Yeah, near the like once we get near the end, his face is completely different. It's very odd. But yeah. you know, it's JoJo, so Yeah. He jumps on Polnareff's face, farts, jumps off, and Polnareff's like, you dirty little fuck, you're gonna pay for that, This God is a thing you. that Iggy does, by the way. This yeah, is just a thing that he does for some just reason. Just farts on faces. But anyway, then, we get to see the fool, and the fool is fucking awesome. The fool is like if this weird Native American go-kart, I guess? It's yeah. also half of a dog. I don't really know how to describe it, but I always really liked the Fool's design. It's very abstract and, like, complete nonsense in the best yeah. kind of way. I'm going to stick with Native American go-kart, because I, yeah. I just made that up, and I really like it. Um, and Polnareff is still pissed off, so he brings out Silver Chariot and tries to cut it in half. But who's the Fool here? The Fool is made out of sand and cannot be cut. <laughs> To put it simply, it's a stand made out of sand. I see. The simpler it is, the stronger it is. I'm not even sure if I can beat it. <laughs> and he's just sitting on his face and farting. Just like... He's doing uh, what he does. Do you have his favorite treats? If we didn't, we wouldn't have been able to make it here. <laughs> and these two Iggy faces are so stupid. <laughs> like, hmm. It's so... <laughs> This is where we find out uh, Iggy's number one vice, and the only way to get Iggy to listen to you is to have coffee-flavored chewing gum, which is very strange. But it is worth pointing out, uh, in the bottom right of this panel, is Iggy doing this, like, hop. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's, ugh. (laughs) Borf! (laughs) But, yeah, Iggy fucking loves chocolate-flavored, coffee-flavored chewing gum. It's his favorite thing in the world, and he will eat all of it. Yeah, and he and Abdul forgot to uh, put away the box of it. So instead of going for the stick that Abdul offered, he just takes the entire box, runs off, slouches over, looking like a goblin, and just. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy is so ugly. Oh, look, he's, he's like his a little big goblin, eyes. Man. <laughs> the big eyes. Oh my god. Uh, they're they extend out past the edges of his skull in that one. Uh, panel the iconic panel is just like chewing just that probably sounded real good on radio um but then he sniff it sniffs and we get a a zoom out and we see another man here it's like hmm that stupid mutt it sensed the great Indul's presence didn't it and this is a uh, didn't it didn't it <laughs> didn't it that was weird yeah, the great Nadul. Um, we don't know who this man is, but he's the great Nadul. He's he's the great great Nadul. Um, 
so now we're on part two yeah uh joey gets a new hand back because remember wait did joey not have a hand hang uh, on I'm, I'm about to go back and double check see if we can even see it maybe iraqi just oh my god he didn't even in no panel is joe oh nope here it is okay in the uh the panel where the uh the helicopter is landing where it's where polnareff's like it's a helicopter <laughs> which is very good oh yeah you can see that he has you, no you can hand. see that he okay. just has a stump Wait, okay okay I'm glad that it was uh, consistent because that would have been weird. But yeah, yeah, Joey gets a new robotic hand. He's testing it out. Um, apparently, Holly's only got two weeks left uh, by the doctor's best estimation. Of, so it's time for the team out. to move their asses. Yeah, we're running out of time. We also have some more information for you. We've been trying to scout and find out where Dio could be in Cairo, according to our sources. <laughs> There is not. There are nine mysterious men and women. They all gathered in a building where Dio is suspected to be hiding in, and then they all left together. Why don't we just destroy this building? Who can say? Why is the coloring on this uh, Dio silhouette so weird? Why yeah. does his hair look? Why does his hair look like goop? <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Dio this the the scar where people? his head attached to Jonathan's body just it looks oh my god it's so weird. Mm. <laughs> Hold on. But it is funny that the speedwagon guys have like the same kind of hat that Jotaro has. I oh that is neat. Maybe oh my new head cannon is that Jotaro got that hat from Uncle Speedwagon. Oh that's cute. Oh and he loves that hat. Um. <laughs> And they figure out, it's like, the only... Oh, well, Kakyoin figures out, the only other remaining tarot card that a stand could be named after, aside from the Emperor, is the world. I think that could be Dio's stand. And I like the, the what he's doing with his hands and the way his hair is. He looks like the Ancient Aliens guy. It's like, huh? Stand users? <laughs> Stands! Um, so the helicopter takes off, and we see that in Duel also sees that the helicopter is taking off. It's like, oh, what's going to happen here? Is that a bad man? And then we see that Indul is actually blind because we see him fumbling for a cane and that his eyes don't open, or that he doesn't open his eyes. It's nice to know the Speedweed guys, uh, they survive this because particularly in part, in part four, uh, the Speedwagon Federation guys can kind of be treated like red shirts. <laughs> uh, hang on, man. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> oh, no. Am I forgetting something? Oh, yeah. Let's just keep reading. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and we see that Induel is very good at being blind. Um, he tries to squish a fly with his fingers, misses, and instead kicks a pebble with his cane that then hits the same fly and just splats it. Um, let's talk about how cool the joge car is because the joge car is very cool this looks like something out of like that looks like a micro machine oh like, it does look like a micro machine what was that what was that like scooby-doo adjacent show with the dune buggy that had a face oh god i know what you're talking about you, you I know can't what i'm talking what about okay i can't remember what the hell that was called yeah there were like eight different shows that all had like the same faces and the mascot for that one was a talking dune buggy. Ugh. I really like that Iggy gets the whole bench to himself and the other three are just in the trunk. 
Kakyoin's face really does it for me because he's not complaining, but he inside he's very mad. He's just internally screaming the entire time. Oh yeah. right, no, they're dead. Oh, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. I was wrong. Okay, because, so yep. point being is that Speedwagon Foundation uh, jobbers are do jobbers. get treated like red shirts a lot in <laughs> yep. in JoJo <laughs> because uh, the Joey breaks the car or stops the car because they see that the helicopter that just left is now a wreck on the ground and they go to see they see a speed wagon man like under the helicopter dead uh but his mouth is full of water and there's claw like nail marks on the skin of the helicopter as he was like in his death throes which is very gruesome yeah no, rocky is... loves horror people it always comes back to like horror imagery, and this is very horrible. Oh god! As they get closer to the man, they pour out his mouth and realize that all his entire lungs, his entire lungs, all of his lungs, his two lungs are filled with water and a one small fish, which is a nice <laughs> touch. It's like that's a lot of water coming out from his mouth. No. Is coming out from his lungs. There is even a fish. He suddenly drowned in the middle of this desert. What the hell? Uh, and the other guy, Mr. Big Chin Number Two, is still alive, and he's, and he's trying to trying to warn trying to warn the other guys. He's like, "What water?" And Joey tries to give him some water. It's like, "Yeah, get away! The water's gonna attack us!" And then a hand comes out of the canteen and rips this man's head off. <laughs> Jesus, I could not have possibly been more wrong. You were so wrong. <laughs> I love his the head panel. gets his get head gets slorked into the canteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love the panel where like his head is beginning to stretch because it's it's very silly looking, and then you yeah. flip the page and it's like, oh, his head is gone. Yeah, we get the splash page of his head completely off and Jorts's head coming out of the bottom right corner. Ah! Ah! Whoa, that was crazy. Weird. Uh, part three. We'll do this and then we'll uh, move on over to our magic boy. Um, it's a stand. Oh, God, this panel is amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, this is a, Everything this is... about it is wrong. Everyone's not touching the ground. Polnareff's face is great. Kakyoin's face Jorts has no eyes. This man has no head. Everything is right with the Avdol looks like he just tripped over something. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Who put that rock there in this desert? <laughs> the enemy stand is inside the water bottle. As the water bottle, like, flips and uh, is leaking blood and viscera and water. And Jorts, uh, horror, look for the stand user. I'm looking, but... I don't see the stand user. When he fought that stupid sun stand, he was hiding behind a mirror, but it seems like this time he's just far away. The stand is small, so I'm probably right. <laughs> okay. Um, Makes sense, I guess. And then Polnareff and Kakyoin get into a little tiff about who's going to attack the canteen. It's like, that means if I open a hole in that, no way. Anyway, you're close. You use your emerald splash. I'm sure not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> these tiny little character moments asshole don't expect me to do something because you don't want to do it what's your problem great pulling a rough face as he's saying this 
A small puddle of water forms under Kakyoin's head into a fist and claws his eyes. Shlunk. Or what's that? Tobikin? Or, oh God, that's that's a lot of sound sounds at once. And anyway, like... This is... Uh, two see, this vertical is the thing lines. that happens to Kakyoin is he gets his eyes fucked up. Yeah. And... This is uh, a tool for Araki to write Kakyonin out of most of the second half of Stardust Crusaders, which is really yeah. weird. Well, six is too many characters to try to focus on at once. Five is a good amount. Yeah. Um, so maybe he wanted to, like, knock out one of these guys so he can have uh, Iggy get more screen yeah, time. Yeah, it definitely raises the stakes, and, and you know, it, it's not a total... I don't think it's totally a bad thing, but it, it just... It just seemed weird. Yeah, I, I like the angle like... of Joey's hat in the paneler. <laughs> it's water. He had already left the canteen. <laughs> it's like halfway over his eyes. Yeah. Um, and Polnareff accidentally put his hand in this puddle of water. And that and the stand, the water hand is coming up to get Polnareff too. When suddenly the headless big chin man, uh, his uh, Casio watch goes off. And the stand immediately attacks the body and cuts off his hand. So we see that we've got ourselves a Tremors situation. <laughs> yeah, this boy is just straight up getting mutilated. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've never seen Tremors. That's right. Fuck. Oh, I've a... seen Tremors. Oh, you've seen Tremors? Oh, you haven't seen, I'm like, the talking about I didn't see the sequels. I've only oh, seen the first Oh, yeah, you Tremors. never saw Ass Blasters. Uh, yes, I've never best. seen Ass Blasters. It's the best. <laughs> um, so Polnareff is carrying Kakyoin back to the Joge car. Um, his Achilles tendon gets ganked by oh, this uh, water blade. Ah, it got me. <laughs> oh. Omarif's legs get into so many bad situations. He gets so many chunks carved out of them. It's um, so weird. <laughs> Joey uses Hermit Purple to great effect, which is not something that happens. <laughs> yeah, and after all, and Joey are just in the car, and they're just <laughs> so kind of like good. raising their hands in the air. You it's know? like, hey, uh... Oh, Abdul's face is perfect. They're just um, in party mode. Yeah, so now they're stuck in the car. Uh, it's literally a tremor situation because they can't make any sound because the stand targets sound uh, on the sand. Um, and four kilometers to the west, so about like two miles, uh, Duel is hearing all this happen through the sand through his stand. Sand stand. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> and Iggy wakes up in a uh, in a great in a great way because he he figured out that Enduel was about to attack the car, which he does, and makes this like water sand pit that engulfs the Joge car, and everybody has to jump off of the safe car. Uh, but I Iggy really like that on the first. previous page, uh, Enduel's like, it seems they figured out that I Enduel am hunting them by sound. But, like, one, they don't know who you are. <laughs> oh, man. You're just projecting Endul. your third... You just like to talk in the third person. I. Endul. He got it from Dio. Yeah. His best bud. But, yeah, that's uh, the first three chapters of The Fool. And we're going to move over to Cool Shock BT. And, God, I just got whiplash looking at the first page. It's like... Whew. This is going to give fun. some. Do you have any history you can impart to our listeners about what this is and its place in 
Iraqi's um, canon, I oh, guess. Fuck, I knew this at some point. Because it's fairly... It's not the first thing he wrote, but it's... Um, it's 1982 to 1983, so it was, like, right before um, Phantom Blood. Okay, so there was there was more... So this is after... This is post-Bow, then, I guess. Because uh, Bow was... No, Bow was 1984 to 1985. Oh, so that maybe they were just all kind of coming out at the same time. Yeah, like he, was he was a very just, prolific man. He was yeah, just he was like, just, like, doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think his first stuff was... Oh, yeah, this is what it was. Uh, Busso Poker. Uh, Poker Under Arms was a one-shot he did in 1981. And I right, think yeah. that was his first thing. Oh yeah, so all of a lot, pretty much all of Iraqi's pre JoJo work was a lot of like short, uh, either like one shots or like one to two volume uh, manga series. Yeah. None of them really went that long, but we do see in all of them little bits and pieces that mm-hmm. influence uh, influence uh, the future stuff that he would bring to great success in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So like bits and pieces, you know, because you know the, the big models. the big three that are usually cited are. Uh, the glorious Irene, uh, Bao, and Cool Shock BT. Cool Shock, as the three that you see most of the JoJo influences from in different ways. Yeah, definitely through the character designs, as we'll see. So we're just gonna like jump into it. Um, I'll lead. <laughs> I'll I'll lead off with uh, part one. Here's BT. Yeah, Jack's going to lead, and I'll throw in my award-winning commentary. As oh, yeah. I mean, it's why we're the best podcast. Right. Um, so there's already some things to point out from this cover so, page. I so don't... one, here's Dio. There he is. There's, there's your Dio. friend Dio. BT so just imagine is just little Dio. So just imagine Dio. Uh, just imagine JoJo, but with Astro, Astro Boy art style. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Tezuka inspiration going on here. Yeah, a lot of Tezuka Disney ass like stuff going here. Everybody's got like uh, big expressive faces and like little eyes. But what you do see is uh, Araki already uh, focusing on what the characters are wearing. So like, yeah, I love so our friend BT slash Dio here, his face and hair and proportions are very, very simple, but mm. his fucking outfit oh is my. insane. I want he's got suit. <laughs> he's got these bowling shoes with this weird, uh, impossibly pinstripe, like cross striped suit that like doesn't really make any sense because the screen lines. Tones. <laughs> it's he, just well, yeah, it looks tone. like he, the Iraqi just laid a Photoshop pattern over this because the that, lines that's what don't, it is yeah it yeah could, the lines don't stop where they should i mean no, it's neat it's, it's really neat and he's wrapped up in chains and it's oh god and uh yeah and then there's granny arena is uh is or not even granny yeah granny arena and you know, uh rohan's Q. granny like yeah that's, that's it's the same all the grannies are the same <laughs> he, he knows how to draw an old woman <laughs> yeah because Granny Arena and Suzy Q basically look the same. Old yeah. Suzy Q, rather. They they look the same. And here's Koichi, by the way. <laughs> so, our first page. You'd probably laugh at the credibility of this, but the first time I met him was Friday the 13th at 1313 p.m. Hey. Okay. You there. And <laughs> here they are. Here's BT and his grandma. It's like, um, Can- yes, what is it? This is the first time at this school, and we were wondering where the principal's office is. 
You just take the stairs in the lobby up to the second floor. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go, BT, and button that coat. Um, and then BT does his first of many BT tricks and uh, spits out a bunch of eggs <laughs> in front of this poor can, you, can I offer you an egg in this trying time? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so wait 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 i think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here jack can you tell me and the listeners a little bit just like a like can you just give like a, a spoiler free thing about what this story is actually about real it's quick? it's about nothing it's, <laughs> it's oh okay the points don't matter it it's just <laughs> it's just some fun stuff and you'll see a lot of things that'll make you go like oh a rocky like to do that huh um, oh, that's that's fine. I wasn't sure if there was like a. Oh no, there's no greater meaning to this at all. It's just like oh, this okay. weird thing. Um, but BT suddenly kneels on the ground. It's like it's it's time time for these eggs to be born, <laughs> and just vomits out eggs. Um, as our uh, protagonist, who we still have not uh, been named yet, which I guess um, those are eggs and not just like marbles. They're, they're like they're pachinko balls. Um, and then BT is like, just a trick. There's really only one in my mouth. I hide the rest up my sleeve. Please, BT, let's hurry already. Yes, grandmother. And, uh, our Koichi insert is just open mouth, agape. And that was part one. Part two, the summer camp incident, which is a very sinister... These are short chapters. (laughs) Um... The the summer camp incident. That's so sinister. These weird uh, triangles. These come back up in, uh, it was either the anime part three or like the part three manga. Like you see this design show back up. Mm. Um, so we have the Koichi insert addressing us, the readers. Like, how how should I say this? Previously, you saw me introduce my friend BT, just his initials. I won't say his real name, but I've decided I need to tell you more. So I thought to keep going in order and talk about what happened at summer camp. He shot a kid now, uh, <laughs> while fully prepared to accept the wrath of all those who are involved. <laughs> Do you want to read this uh, this big block in here? Okay, I'll I'll read this and I'll I'll absorb it as I go along. Yes. So, this is a kind of societal scale. Touch this dynamite and it'll explode. Absolutely zero guilt. Foul mouth. Demon possessed. Calculated. Biggest this modern world has seen. Juvenile delinquency filled. Cold blooded story. <laughs> oh, it's wow. So, it's so silly. So what did at, I just read? <laughs> a bunch of nonsense. Strap in. Um, so we see this like stereotypical summer camp. It's It's like, let's just call it Camp Crystal Lake. Because yeah. they, they don't name it. So at Camp Crystal Lake, uh, we see this camp counselor lady. The objective we all hoping to achieve at this summer camp is cooperation, friendship. Blah, blah, blah. And we see, um, I don't want to call them Bulk and Skull, but like. But uh, they're Bulk and Skull. They're Bulk and Skull. Uh, just these two fucking uh, delinquents cozy up to this uh, this weak boy looking, looking boy. Jesus fuck, I just read, what? <laughs> the teacher told me not to tell, tell you, you, but the truth, the truth is, is your house got caught on fire last night and your whole family was killed. <laughs> Understandably, what? this child is upset, drops his bag, and runs away as Bulk and Skull is like, ha ha ha, he actually believed me. Look at him now. <laughs> Holy shit. And then... Uh, Bulk and Skull would never goof about... Never go that far. No, they're, they're Bulk and Skull edgy-ver. Um... <laughs> 
and bulk just stomps on a beetle that was just like hanging around in case you needed more justification for what happens to these two idiots later thank god um and we see see bulk and skull on a canoe and bt is out here on the canoe as well just like he's got a very nice hat it's like hey look kurayama there's the transfer student bt kid bugs the hell out of me he's way too coy hey bt splash splash you're you're classy bt right something i need to tell you my parents died in a freak fire accident i already know <laughs> oh love bt love bt and bulk and skull are very upset that they uh got interrupted in their wise cracking and it's like what what do they see in him they're all idiots <laughs> pisses you off doesn't he as bulk uh does weights in front of a totem pole <laughs> like are you seeing this i'm i'm just going along with this shack this is i'm right. so confused okay all right so far this story from the way i'm gathering it we are now just looking at a, bu- a couple of really cruel bullies that are gonna <laughs> get there they're gonna get their comeuppance like it's gonna happen mm-hmm uh hey kuriyama you want help in a bit you asking me to carry that? You want me to punch you in the face? No. No, I don't. Wait, look, he's coming this way. And it's BT and he's carrying a lot of wood. And Bulk just trips him and all the wood goes everywhere. It's like, whoa, sorry, BT. You should look where you're going. But good timing. <laughs> Think you could carry our firewood? And BT obviously is not going to do this. And if the meta- if uh, this wasn't too clear, get a nice <laughs> metaphor of this praying mantis about to eat this grasshopper. So, <laughs> what do you think you're doing? You're carrying our... What do you think you're doing? Carry our wood before yours. Because BT is uh, picking up the wood that he was forced to drop before. Like, I don't like the way that guy's eyes look. BT, you like not being pounded? Carry the firewood. Listen, I've got one thing to say to you. Mentally, you're too different from me. Mentally, I fall among the nobles. Try not to oh make his too God. nasally because he's a, he's a cool boy. Oh my God, that panel rules. <laughs> and as a noble, I cannot take orders from you. I will not take orders from you. I won't have anything to do with you. When the hell does he think he's talking about? The, this is bad. As uh, Koichi in the background is observing this whole thing. Like, okay, Noble, let's have some fun. And Bulk just starts beating the shit out of BT. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, fl- the panel composition here is very nice. I like it. Yeah. He f- flies through the air as he's getting beat down. Don't get up. They won't hurt you if you stay down. You and those eyes. <laughs> and Balkan Scar just kicking this poor boy. Uh, I love the impossibly simple backgrounds in every panel. Oh like, yeah, there's like a tree or nothing. Yeah. As much as we <laughs> like as much as we gave the art in Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency trouble, it, I definitely can't say that it was lazy. Because there sure was a lot of backgrounds going on. No, this is definitely taking inspiration from, like, Devilman. If you ever read Devilman, it's the same kind of, like, like not very detailed art, but very expressive. Like, big eyes and everything. I'm definitely not saying it was bad. No, no, no. Yeah. Why why are you still kicking him? Can't you see he's already down? Koichi, being the noble one here, tries to get in the way of this. And Bulk just elbows him in the fucking mouth. (laughs) I'm like, God. 
<laughs> I hate these guys. And they've beaten BT, like, into the ground. It's like, now he can't get up. <laughs> Let this be a lesson to you. Mess with us again, and next time it'll be worse. Are, are you okay? And uh, we see BT get up suddenly with a, with a dark look in his eyes. Those swine. They think they can do this? I'll make them pay. Pay what's due to them. And then the and the praying mantis just chomps into the grasshopper in case the metaphor wasn't already clear. <laughs> uh, so we see all the kids playing on Camp Crystal Lake by the pier. Um, Bulk puts a dragonfly in his friend's uh, swim trunks, which is a, just a terrible thing to do. Oh, God, no. Mm. Uh, Koichi suddenly gets a nosebleed in the middle of this lake, goes to the nurse's office, and sees BT putting something in a locker. What is what is he doing? What is he doing? Oh, it's oh, a giant no. Japanese hornet. <laughs> oh, no, that's a big hornet. It's the biggest hornet there is. Uh, oh, is it? And, yes. Is it, it like other bugs where if it's big, that means it can't kill you? Oh, or no, that's it, the exact opposite. Okay, so this thing will murder you. Yes, uh, we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> Koichi is shocked, and BT goes on. It's like, you like him? This guy's the biggest, most vicious hornet you can find in Japan. It's huge. It's dead, right? No, I've just given it some anesthetic. It's alive! Look at its stinger. This, is, this isn't this is like those bees that can only sting once. It can sting over and over. And the pain you hear about people dying from bee stings, it's from hornets like these. <laughs> BT's fucking face is just like, yeah. I'm going to murder these guys. Look at this bug that's the size of I'm my I'm going to do murder. <laughs> what, what do you plan on doing with it? I'm just going to put it in this guy's pocket. When the hornet wakes up, it'll be a fun spectacle. And drops it in the in this pocket and puts it back in this um, in the locker, but not before he finds a knife. It's like, whoa, this guy was hiding a knife in his pocket. What's he, he going to do with that? And then we get a science experiment you can do at home, <laughs> capturing your own <laughs> Japanese uh, or great Asian hornet. I, I like that it's framed as, here we'll explain how a 12-year-old was able to capture this extremely Danish hornet. <laughs> if you try this at home and end up getting stung to death, we're not responsible. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's so good, because Araki loves doing his little scientific blurbs, and this is just that. Um, basically, skin a frog, wait for the hornets to come eat it. Put the hornets in a jar. Put the jar over a campfire and put the hornets asleep. That's it. Caution, if oh, you ever see this hornet any other time, run. The chances it will sting you are high, and its sting is very powerful. Powerful enough to lower your blood pressure and give you heart seizures. Oh. <sighs> Want to know why I'm telling you this? Because you're the only one who tried to help me. Everyone else just stood and watched. I think you're trustworthy. You wouldn't tell anyone what I said, right? He, he's kind of demented. He's evil. And we get later, there's some kind of show happening, some play or whatever, and Bulk and Skull are sitting next to each other, and uh, uh, Koichi is looking over. It's like, and Kuyama, you're not hot with that jacket on? Because Bulk is wearing his big jacket, which presumably has the hornet in it. It's like, you got a problem with what I wear? Do you? I was just asking. You don't need to get angry. <laughs> hey, you want to tell me why you keep looking over here? Because Koichi keeps, like, f 
flipping over, and you'll notice that he's reading a copy of Cujo. You see that? Of course he is. Of course he is. So Rocky, even in the 80s, still loved him some Stephen King. He probably has a first edition of The Gunslinger. God damn it. Um, <laughs> and Koichi is still trying to figure out, like, what's going to happen? Who's What's going to do? Um, and then Bulk and Skull start hearing a buzzing noise. It's like, do you, you hear that? Yeah, I, I can hear it. Where is it coming from? What is it? The Hornet. It's awake. Your pocket. I think that's where it's coming from. Uh, God, I, I just got to take a moment. It's so, oh, God. I don't know. I don't like where this is going. This is like one of my personal nightmares. In my pocket. Oh, sorry, wrong one. In my pocket? What is it? I wonder what will happen when I stick my hand in there. What's going on over there? You're interrupting class. Can it teach? It's none of your business. Cool. <laughs> biz, 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 biz. As Bulk lowers his hand into his pocket. And it's like, oh, that's strange. The sound stopped. Empty. Nothing. Uh, empty? Then where? Wonder what it was. Agagawa, did you check your pockets? Ah! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> No! So it wasn't in Bulk's pocket, it was in Skull's pocket, and it's it it's on his hand and starts chewing on his finger or stinging it. It's not really too clear, but Skull is not having any of it and Ow, it hurts! <laughs> Get a load of the Agagawa on the ground, stung. <laughs> it stung Agagawa. He he put it in the wrong pocket? Please, someone, it hurts. Look at oh him crying God. over a bee sting. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. How could BT make a mistake like that? That night. Fireworks, fireworks. <laughs> Bulk what? <is> stabbed. <laughs> Excuse me? Did this kid really do a murder? So the fireworks are going off and then you hear a scream and it's Bulk lying down in an alley with a knife sticking out of his gut. <laughs> I love this so much. What the that, fuck? That knife. Kuriyama. Kuriyama's been stabbed. I know who did this. BT. It was BT. As BT appears behind with his giant straw hat. You. You think I stabbed Kuriyama? I'll tell you. It wasn't me. Then, I'm not like them. I won't use such vulgar methods. Agakawa's the real culprit. He did it. Agakawa? Agakawa, he stabbed me. He st Shh, don't make a scene. Think about the camp's reputation, says oh the uh, the camp counselors. But it's that's so incredibly Japanese. It's really good. <laughs> but, but those two are friends. Friends? There's no such thing as friendship and trust between pigs. Got him. All it took was for me to whisper something in Agagawa's ear. After Agagawa was stung, he believed me completely. What What did you tell me? Agagawa, I saw Kuriyama putting something in your pocket earlier. That's all I said. All I said. All I said. Wasn't even a lie. Kuriyama put a dragonfly in Agakawa's pocket earlier today. Just Agakawa thought BT meant the hornet. That was BT's plan. And now I get to learn how to do a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love magic boy bt so much andrew you have no idea it's yeah. so weird what did you think of that because that because that, that was, was 
wow, that was something else. Like, <laughs> basically, it's just this story about this kid that is just going to manipulate people to do murder. Yeah. Oh, and if you didn't notice already, this this kid's name that I've been calling Ko- Koichi is actually Koichi. Oh. Oh, yeah. wait. No, it totally is. Koichi's magic trick corner. Yeah, I forgot that that was it, but I... But the way he's drawn just looks like Koichi. Oh, boy. So, yeah, you can do a little coin trick. Um, it's basically just palming a coin. It's neat. It's, it's very detailed. <laughs> yeah, it actually shows you how to do this. Yeah, and I, Rocky just wanted to do that. And we still got some time. Maybe we'll get halfway through part three, the prank corpse incident. Oh, the prank corpse incident. Oh, God, is this... Is this the ventriloquist, like the Batman villain? Oh my god, is that Scarface? Oh no! <laughs> oh lord. This took a dark turn. Yeah, so on the cover of this is BT dressed up like a ventriloquist with a ventriloquist with Heaven's Door. It's just Heaven's Door. Yeah, and the uh, clockwork orange eye makeup. Oh lord. <laughs> And In fact, he literally is just dressed up like the the guy from Clockwork Orange right now. Oh shit, he is dressed. No, like, up like that's Alex. not. This is not a coincidence. No, this no. is one hundred percent on purpose. What, yeah, yeah, wasn't that on his list of movies? I think it was. Yeah, no, this is that's cool as fuck. <laughs> he just wanted to draw a little boy dressed up like a murderer. Nice. <laughs> and, and there's a sign on the panel that says "Dress to Kill." Oh, that was a movie, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, man, Rocky was not subtle with this in the 80s there's a lot uh, i just like want to talk about this panel because like the spacing so first of all it looks like this room is like a giant like a giant's house yeah it's a hanger yeah this doesn't look like a room of a house and koichi just looks so wrong (laughs) he just looks so wrong it's the only way i can describe it is it's wrong i love the single glove on the ground Sometimes I like to think about stuff, like money. You know, a long time ago, people used shells and rocks for currency, right? Who in the world was the first person to come up with that? I mean, what if some swindler guy with a shell was just like, hey, this is valuable, and they just, people started using it, see if people would fall for it. Swindlers, they'll be on the earth forever, I'm sure of it. Anyway, right, let's talk about this prank corpse incident. <laughs> God. Oh, oh man, this is, this is... This big guy is some from some other manga. I for oh, he looks so familiar. Whatever. Yeah, I can I can see it too. I just like don't know what. Yeah. So BT has uh, this little Alex dummy. Like BT had reeled this guy in quick, huh? So you got some idea about what to do with da- Date? I guess. Yeah, Date. I guess. A very good idea. What What was that? Sorry, sorry. Just practicing some ventriloquism. You got some crud in your eyes, bruv. <laughs> that's that's my uh, ventriloquist voice. That's thanks, Jack. Just, just you're don't... a true artist. Yeah. You're a true artist. I, I'm dedicated to my craft in a way that few are. <laughs> just tell me how we're gonna get Date. <laughs> Calm down. We're getting to that now. First, look at my pulse. What is the hell? <laughs> the hell does that have to do with Date? I don't ask too many questions. Just check the pulse. And checks the pulse. It's like, and it's like, yeah, you can feel you can feel the heartbeat, right? And then the guy gets really spooked um, because BT made his pulse stop, and that's not good. And then he pulls out this little ball he had in his armpit and explains the little trick that he did. 
You act like it's such a big deal. Anyone can do this. Except a dummy like me, I guess. <laughs> it's not difficult. Just put this ping pong ball into your armpit and kind of squeeze. <laughs> what? I feel like this isn't like your regular kind of like fun, kind magic trick. This is just like, oh, you're going to like, you're going to make your arm dead. If we pull, oh, not the dummy. If we pull this trick off right, we can we can give Date his just due and get a thousand dollars while we're at it. A thousand dollars? How are we gonna do that? Okay, now that we've got your attention, so <laughs> just how are we gonna use this trick against Date? Maybe I should go back in time a bit to explain to you just how who Date is. Um, Koichi is playing basketball. Um, Thirty-nine steps. What does 39 steps mean? That's just <laughs> that on his... Team? Is that the team? Uh, oh, no, it's a 1935 uh, thriller. <laughs> what? <laughs> By Alfred Hitchcock, of course. <laughs> Thank God. Dude, oh, this is awesome. I... This, this rules. <laughs> I didn't realize there were so many just, like, oblique references. Um... And Koichi sees BT on the court, just to the sides, like, BT, is that you? Uh, BT's wearing some, uh, some makeup, some weird stuff, like kabo spooky kabuki makeup. I, for I forgot, you told me you joined the drama club, what's the makeup for? Drama club, you guys are always worth a laugh. Who are you supposed to be, kid who loses a fight with a cat? BT. Damn! Uh, nonplussed by this kendo man who comes up and starts harassing him. Can you believe there are kids who will perform in those things? Um, and BT gets the look in his eye and starts pulling on his ear, and that's when you know that someone's going to get ganked. <laughs> What's the name <laughs> of the play you're doing? Uh, Hoichi? The Earless Monk Goes to America? What What the fuck is that? Oh, it's a it's a gag. There's, um, it's... It's a weird in-joke. That's fine. Um, okay. That's what this other panel is here, I guess. That jerk says that about the drama club, and what is he doing with Aiko? Aiko was, I guess, the girl that was just in the background who didn't even get a name. Cool. She was just his, you know, she's just his girl, man. That's yeah. that's, that's what it is. Aiko? It. That Aiko? What does she have to do with Date? That worthless holding Aiko's hand. Must have just aimed with the right timing. Timing? You think this was about timing? Um, so obviously BT is uh, infatuated with this girl Aiko and very jealous that Date, our kendo man, is uh, holding her hand and uh, going to do, just hanging out. What does that say in the back there? Brian, oh, Brian De Palma film? Really? <laughs> really? He's just literally writing the names of things in random places. Uh, what? Oh, he directed Scarface. Of course he did. Oh my god. This is amazing. How? The, 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 the pattern on, on their uh, school uniforms is really starting to trip me up. Like, it looks like a magic eye trick or something. Oh. Maybe that was the point. I but think so. Uh, Brian De Palma. Really tripping me up directed dress to kill scarface didn't come out until after this so oh, okay i guess dress to kill was the movie he's trying to reference a rocky knows movies yeah <laughs> i hate that guy i was just i wonder late. if he has the movies hat <laughs> <laughs> me and All him right. would get along we both watch movies <laughs> god it, it'd be so fun to like 
talk with the Rocky about movies. He's probably seen so many movies. And he'd probably be like, hey, do you like movies? I'll be like, yeah, dude, I've seen some movies. <laughs> and he would be like, you know what? Me too. Isn't it great how we have this shared thing in common that we watch movies? <laughs> I was just 30 seconds late one day, and he hit me on the head really hard. After he did, he lectured me in front of the principal's office purposely. So I guess this guy is like the class president or something. I know how you feel, but oh god, the way this panel is, I know that what's happening in the background is happening somewhere else, but it's like they're talking and Date is just furiously doing loops on this jungle gym or on this gymnast bar. Oh god. I know how you feel, but Date, perfect grades, musical ability, the likes of Paul McCartney, and as handsome as James Dean. Here's a picture of James Dean. I really like that uh, they compare him to Paul McCartney, but they show this rando playing the piano. Maybe he wasn't confident in his ability to draw 80s Paul McCartney. But he was confident in his ability to do weird 80s <laughs> Japan version of James Dean. That's really good. <laughs> Class president, leader of the kendo club, no one dares defy him. He's got Woody Allen's humor. Oh my god, the, uh, the name dropping is just getting out of hand. <laughs> so good. My button lost his shirt. I know it's stupid, but is that a Woody? I guess that's a Woody Allen thing. I don't know. He lives at a temple and he's rich. He's pretty much Superman. Which, all right. And we see a furious Kendo fight with uh, Date winning. It's like Date. He's too good. Um. Oh, and here we see our big friend from before. You jerk. You aimed for my ear, didn't you? Aim? No, I... Shut the hell up. You didn't know where you'd hit? I'll kill you. <laughs> and this Goemon-looking motherfucker comes out. It's like, enough! Nino Mori, that's no way to talk in a temple. Damn it, Date, I won't forget this. Seems like Date is more than one enemy. <gasps> oh, God. There's so much happening. <laughs> yeah, this is like extremely good and extremely fast-paced. Yeah, yeah I like it a lot. Even yeah. if the name even if the name dropping is getting kind of like Yeah. It's getting kind of goofy. <laughs> we got twelve more pages left, so we'll just wrap, we'll wrap this one up. Date, yeah. you think you're worthy of Aiko? I'll set you straight. I'll give you what's coming to you. And so clack 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 clack, we're back to the Alex dummy. We're going to do the pulse trick we just went over, okay? Yeah, but uh <laughs> what it, huh? Oh, big friend uh, got dizzy and fell over and stepped on the dummy for a second. It was like, uh, should we switch to tomorrow? If you don't feel well, I'm fine. Let's start already. I'm itching to get even. Date, BT, he's here. This is just James Dean again. <laughs> yeah, I think he. Did, I think after a while he just stopped. He forgot the way he drew the character in the first page and just started drawing James Dean. Maybe, I mean, fair fair is fair. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, he, I don't care. I, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's just James Dean. Date! Big friend starts running at Date with a kendo stick. Wanted to thank you for the ear. You know, Maury, good job. That's impressive. <laughs> Wanted to acting. thank you for the ear. <laughs> it was that delicious. That was a great ear you gave me. <laughs> I love that ear. Calm down, you're too worked up. Shut up, Date, you're mine. And goes to hit uh, Date, and uh, his 
good luck charm necklace comes off. It's like, that's a memento of my grandfather's. I'm sure it must be precious to you. Let me stomp on it like an asshole. He's being pretty mean. Oh, you made me mad, Nina Mori. Um, and completely takes Nina Mori to Pound Town uh, with the stick. And Nina Mori, big friend's head, just cracks on this exposed rock. Ugh. Wow, good job. That looked almost real. Now it's your turn, BT. Uh, oh, God. I gotta read this at the bottom. I think I understand how now BT wants to use the trick. It's just that I don't understand if BT is going to involve Aiko. And now you're about to see some unexpected development. <laughs> see this bird uh, drop an acorn. Acorn rolls over to a uh, big friend's dead body. <laughs> as uh, Date and everyone else run over as blood starts to pool under this rock. No, no way. He, I didn't mean he hit his head on the, this rock. He's dead. No way. Uh, Date goes to check Big Friend's pulse. Nothing. Th this was just an accident. This is crazy. I'm supposed to be perfect. I have entrance exams this year, but now with this, you saw it was an accident. Just thought of this. There's one thing we could do. What do you mean? Just listen up now. Just us three, we're the only ones who saw this, right? If the cops came here now, they'd think he just tripped by himself. Will, will you do that for me? I'll just set two conditions. Conditions? What conditions? First, a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars and we won't tell the cops you did a murder. <laughs> Alright, thousand dollars. Deal. Fast response. You're rich, of course. The second condition... As a fly starts buzzing around, dead big friend. Never never go near Aiko Hyodo again. What? What she have to do with this? That's the condition. You accept or not? Fine. Like I care about that girl anyway. That girl? BT. Well then, it's a deal. What? What's that in his eye? Oh, there's just a fly on his open eye? Because he's a dead man. <laughs> oh, he's actually dead, isn't he? Nino Mori, I didn't know he's such a good actor. He isn't bothered by that fly in his eye at all. And the spit hanging is a nice touch. Things are going well. He said he's going to get the money now. You can cut the act now, Nino Mori. Great work, by the way. Hope we got a good recording of him. Ah, both the cape and the, was the tape and the camera are broken. Nino Mori must have crushed him when he got dizzy and stepped on the dummy back there. Damn. Well, it'll be okay. <laughs> this guy's dead. Wait. Heck. Wait, what, what ex excuse me? That just ends. What? Holy shit. This. That boy is dead. Yeah, that guy's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> what? I did not this know. This is just a story of a fucking sociopathic kid who emotionally extorts people into doing murder. I mean, you're right. Like, No, I know, but I just I, that's not really what I expected. <laughs> so next, uh, next week, we're going to continue with the last three chapters. The two old guys incident, which is really fucked up. And the dinosaur fossil thief incident, along with the kid with the creepy freckles incident. I guess, man. What the fuck? One of those has Nazis in it. Are you going to guess um, which one? 
Oh my god. <laughs> I I couldn't I don't I don't know. This is so odd. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this. Uh wherever you're listening to it from. Uh, iTunes, welcome to, SoundCloud. Welcome to hell. Yeah. Google SoundCloud. Play. <laughs> oh, whew. it's a it's a oh dark one. Oh my god. But yeah, guys, uh thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with more we'll finish up in duel and the fool and we'll finish up uh, magic boy bt and that is gonna be a very fun ride so oh god we'll see you guys next time see y'all next week <laughs>